The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out many save the dates? The first Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome to Web Website Health Week on the Voices of Search podcast. This week, we're going to publish an episode every day talking about what you need to know to understand and optimize the health of your digital properties. Joining us for Website Health Week is Ashley Berman-Hale, who is the Vice President of Professional Services at DeepCrawl, which is a company that empowers the world's leading brands to harness their full revenue potential through the one initiative most businesses overlook, technical SEO. In addition to providing us with our guest today, DeepCrawl is also a sponsor of the Voices of Search podcast. Yesterday, Ashley and I talked about the importance of website health. And today we're going to continue the conversation talking about the SEO funnel and why it matters for website health. All right, here's the second installment of Website Health Week with Ashley Berman-Hale from DeepCrawl. Ashley, welcome back to Website Health Week on the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for having me back again. Excited to continue our conversation. Yesterday we talked about the importance of website health, why it not only matters, why technical SEO not only matters to the SEO community, why it's important to marketing, product, sales, your executive team. And today I want to continue the conversation talking about some of the themes that we have where technical SEO is essentially the foundation of, you mentioned building an art studio. I always say building a house. You need to have that strong foundation, the framing, so you can hang your drywall, so you have a place to put your furniture, so you have a nice place to put your art with the lighting. Moral of the story is technical SEO is that foundation that search is built on. So talk to me a little bit about the SEO funnel, right? What are the stages of SEO and why does website health matter? How does it play into your SEO funnel? I know that a lot of sales folks work on a funnel, right? Develop, market, come down to conversions. And there is a really beautiful and seamless way to integrate technical SEO and all the traditional on-page SEO into that funnel. So we're just going to expand it out a little bit. I'm going to go through some of the phases of what we've talked about as our our SEO funnel and how it really translates to revenue. So there are, we put together seven steps. They're fun. They're good. I love it. Take notes. The first one, which I argued a few points that maybe it should be number three or four, but I actually really like it up front. And that is the architecture of the site. And what we mean by this is how the site is put together, how you've put together that plan so that every product you have, everything you sell has a home, which really gets into the the deeper side of information architecture, how you internally link things, which we know are like votes for what content is important. It's gold. Now, I think this should be number one because I think your website should be intentional and thoughtful. And I think that if you've done it well, you have planned for growth for yourself because it is harder than hell to have to update a website after years and then have to do it regularly again. I'll go back to my building a house metaphor. 
what's the first thing you do when you're going to build a house? My wife and I built a house. Uh, we actually knocked over grandma's house and then built a new house on the land. <laughs> Hopefully with intention. Grandma doesn't mind. She's no longer with us. She doesn't even know. <laughs> but moral of the story is what was the first thing we did? We went and found an architect. Fortunately for us, my wife's dad is an architect. So that made the search relatively easy, but we had to go build some plans to figure out what we were going to build and make sure that it meets regulation and code. So same thing with SEO. You got to have a plan of what your website's going to be. What's the footprint? How are you going to structure the content? Beyond architecture, where do you go? So after we do that, after we've, let's say, we have a site with good structure and we've started to put all the pieces in place, the next step is just to make sure that it is available. Available to bots first, like, right? We want to make sure browsers are rendering it appropriately. We want to make sure Google can hit it and users. So that comes into play with understanding actual HTTP status codes, which I realize, little hairy, little in the weeds, but actually really fun to get to know the basic ones so that you can be able to translate what your site is saying when Google knocks on the door. So this is, if Google comes and knocks, I want your server to open up and have the exact right thing to say. For a user, it can look one way. To a bot, it can say something else. So again, part of that is just making sure that you understand and you realize what pages are accessible, how they respond, and how that could either encourage or prevent crawling. So now let's say we've, we've got the designs, we've started building this. Am I leading people from the porch to a window or am I leading them to a front door? Right. So are we giving them the right ways to enter the site? Are we giving them the right signals so that when Google comes a knock in, I can answer that door appropriately? It's not just what's the foundation and what's our framing going to look like. It's also what's the, the path for someone to get from the front door through the house. Maybe they have to go to the bathroom. Maybe they're going to the bedroom. Most likely they're just going directly to the kitchen. That's kind of the workflow for every house. Pretty much everybody's hungry. So moral of the story is you're not just thinking about availability in the sense of can I build a site that will be crawled? You're also thinking about what's the journey and the user flow for the actual visitors? How are they going to get from homepage to product page to checkout? What's that in terms of availability as well? Talk to me about stage three once you've got your availability figured out. So once you've got the, like once it's live, once we have that architecture, now it's time to make good on the promise of the architecture. So I like to give folks three ways to get to any page because users will always surprise you and take paths that you do not expect. So this is in terms of crawlability. So stage three is crawlability. It's can I get to the pages, really? And am I getting signals that I'm allowed to be there if they're live pages? Obviously, there are a few ways that you program your links that can do that. So there are things like on-click events, something that requires a human action in order to expose that link. That's going to cause some problems, especially with different kinds of screen readers for accessibility, user agents for different ranking, and just for people in general, depending on how they use the web or if they have certain things like JavaScript blocked. So this is making sure that I've set up these pages. I've given them like beautiful little roadmaps with links and that those doors open nicely when I get there. And the crawlability is not just for bots. I know that's kind of a, it's not a fun word, crawlability, right? I, I don't love it. I want like danceability, something to really stroll through there. But can users then get to all pages? Especially important if you've got a big e-com site. You're trying to understand all the different facets and variations that you have, all the different 
search functions. You need to have that planned out and you need to be giving the right signals. So got to be telling Google and someone like me, if I should go there, can I go there? And is it easy to go there? And what the hell do I do once I'm there? That's a, a good point. So architecture, availability, crawlability, I guess the real question is what's the difference between availability and crawlability? Got it. So availability is step one. Does the page respond? Is it live? Crawlability is a signal that can lay on top of that. So I can have a live page that I can't get to, or I can have a live page. Let's say that's because of links or because it's this little orphan page sitting out there, maybe that marketing made and then nobody plugged it in. Or I can have a page that is live and out there, but I have, you know, and I let users get there, but I have blocked, let's say Google from getting there whether I have no followed links there or I've disallowed that page or even no index for different sorts of reasons. Okay, so what's the next stage in the funnel? Indexability or indexing. So this is like third level, right? I built it, it's live. I've said that I can. you can actually crawl it. Indexing is really going out there and then seeing which of these pages are valuable, to be honest. So Google's going to crawl a lot. Their bots are tenacious as hell and sticky. And sometimes it's a problem. And sometimes it's like the greatest asset that Google gives me. But indexability means that you've told Google, this is a valid page, right? This is a page I prefer. This talks about stuff I love. This is where I want users to go. There are signals that are hard signals. Like this is the canonical page. I want it out there. And then there's softer signals. We'll get into a little bit more, but part of it, let's say is, are there a lot of duplicate pages? Or have I created these pages that don't add a lot of value? that will also affect how it's indexed. We framed up our house. We decided where we're going to put the doors and the windows. We've said, okay, everybody can come in. And now we're sitting and looking and evaluating when they come into the website, are they actually able to get where we want them to go? If we have a bathroom that has a door that faces outside, it's going to be a little hard to find. And that's what indexability is about. So what's the output when you move beyond indexability? Great, people are in in our house and we're starting to see where the traffic is gathering and aggregating. What happens next? This is where we rely on the magic of the content marketers who websites could not exist and be valuable without. So this area we call authority. So what is going to actually make it credible? There is a ton of information out there. How can we set the, or how can you set the site apart and make sure that you're seen as some sort of an authority, whether it's your brand and the folks that talk about you and recommend you, or whether it's the quality of the content when someone comes there. So it's part of building this business and putting your best foot forward. So maybe it's you being in the right neighborhood, right? So that people know they can come and visit the house so that they know they can trust knock on the door and they're going to get friendly, sane people, people that can meet my needs or people whose party I want to come and join. So the authority is just that we need to put something together that really can speak to who we are as a business and legitimacy that we have. Okay. So we've basically built this funnel where we're starting to feed signals to the search engines. We're having people aggregate, hey, look, everybody, we're all hanging out in the kitchen. Maybe the kitchen is the most popular room when we're having our party because we've built our house. What happens then once you've decided, all right, I could see that people are going to aggregate in this one place on my website or my party, whichever metaphor you're using. What's the next step in the funnel? The next step is being useful. 
So let's say you've got some high quality content, you've got some authority, you're building that brand, you're meeting that need. But now we have to go to the next step where instead of just validating what we're there for and why the website or the home exists, but how are we going to service others? So that's the content, right? I'm I'm not there to talk about myself. And you've been to those websites, right? Where all they do is talk about what a great business they are. I like to push folks to think of content in a way that will anticipate users' needs, why they're there, what's their experience before they arrive there, and what do they want to do next? So this is really putting together just... This is, I think, where your metaphor of uh, building a museum comes in. Hey, we've seen that we've got authority, right? People are coming into the house. They're aggregating in one room. The flow works. They're showing up here. What should we do? Hey, let's put some art on the wall. Let's make this a more interesting place so they could spend more time and get something out of the experience. Let's give them something to consume. That's how I think of the content step. Yeah, that's how we get there. You're exactly right. This And this brings me more to the art side is how are we curating that content and what outcome do we want? So if I was curating a, a different spot in the museum, each piece of art needs to be selected. It needs to be relevant as part of the overall journey. I'm crafting what I hope what the experience will be and what I can give folks to explore it in their own flow. This is content that's not only there and accurate and authoritative, but content that engages, anticipates, and delights. You'll hear me say that word a few times, but I really do believe a a well-built site and well-written content can truly delight the users. So we've walked through this SEO funnel and now we're really at the last stage here. We've built a house, we've invited people, they've figured out the flow, they've aggregated in a given room, we put some art on the wall, and basically we've built a site that has structure, discoverability, crawl, it can be indexed, it's going to rank, we've got our content out there. What's the last piece of the puzzle here? What's the last step of the SEO revenue funnel? It's the experience. So this is really how they experience the site outside of everything, if how they got there, what the content says, is it slow? Am I hitting dead ends as I'm clicking through links? Does it tell me I'm there to do X, but I cannot find it and I can only find Y? So if I'm in a museum, is it colder than hell? Like, do I like the art, but I'm uncomfortable being in there? Do I like the art, but I struggle to find the narrative or end up in dead end rooms? So it all comes together in terms of that. I want to say almost something that you can't really qualify, but how long am I keeping users there? Am I keeping their attention? Am I meeting their goals quickly? Am I having font colors that are difficult to read, like tiny light gray on white? Who taught us all to do that for the last 15 years? I don't love it. It becomes that overall, I guess, it's the circumference of how everything comes together and just that feeling. It's funny that tech SEOs talk a lot about the user experience and the feelings of it, but... This is where technical SEO tends to really shine. So the content's there. I want to make sure that the website moves quickly and gets people to the right places. So we've got all these stages of going from building the architecture all the way through thinking about what the experience is. When we bring this back to website health, what do SEOs need to know to think about not only, great, am I building this funnel? Am I sort of approaching the SEO funnel and each stage at the right time? But also, how do I make sure that I'm building in a healthy, sustainable way? That's the part we have to talk to your friends. You have to be able to create SEO in a way that it reaches across departments and that you're all working toward the same goal, right? And the conversions and making money is why we're here. I have a love-hate relationship with capitalism. 
but ultimately that's that's what we need. We want to we want to have a job, we want to keep people doing that. So, we know that that can happen in a vacuum, but it needs to happen across the phase which each of the funnel and how we build the website. So, this is agreeing to what a conversion looks like. I like to always have three options. I'm a numbers gal. 3 is a good solid number. Be able to put a few different ways that clients can convert, whether it's to contact you, to buy something, or that you really ushered them into a next step or a new way of thinking. This funnel is created so that once you get there, once we have driven them to that place, it's a no-brainer, right? And that we have a good follow-up built in mind. And that just, it's like this path where everyone is kind of working together to get them to where we, when we get them to final conversion, that's the easy part. If you don't have the site health, that becomes something you have to bargain with them on. You know, I think as you're thinking about the health of your website and how it relates to the SEO funnel, this is more of a way of communicating the order of operations, right? Are we building the right infrastructure and architecture? Are we making sure that our content is visible, that it's being portrayed in the right way? Are people enjoying the content we're creating and do they get the experience they want? And by unearthing this funnel of how SEO works, it helps you communicate across the rest of your organization what you're doing, why you're doing it, and what your priorities should be in any given point in time. And that wraps up this episode of Website Health Week on the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Ashley Berman-Hale, the VP of Professional Services at DeepCrawl. If you'd like to hear more of Ashley and DeepCrawl's tips to effectively understanding and improving the health of your website, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and check back with us tomorrow morning when we discuss the required resources for website health. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Ashley, you can find a link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact her on Twitter where her handle is Berman Hale, that's B-E-R-M-A-N-H-A-L-E, or you could visit her company's website, which is deepcrawl.com, D-E-E-P-C-R-A-W-L.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to VoicesOfSearch.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also send us your topic suggestions or your SEO questions, and you can even apply to be a guest speaker on the Voices of Search podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app, and we'll be back in your feed in the next business day. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data. Thank you.